0: Welcome to Reality Tea Times Two, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Danica, and today we're going to be discussing the other way. So we actually don't have any memes to discuss um, in the episode. There will be one meme for the other way posted on our socials. We don't have any hot goss, so we're just going to jump right into the episode. Season 5, Episode 8, Mistrust, She Wrote. So first, we're with Holly and Wayne. So we're kind of right back where we left off her running away. And uh, I wrote, put your shoes on. Anyway, we're kind of with him, and he says... I know she gave up a lot for me, more than I have for her, but I'm under a lot of pressure. Okay. I think we kind of get a little bit of an explanation about this in a little bit. He says, I made a mistake. He's kind of very emotional here. He kind of starts crying and he gets in his car and he drives right faster as she's kind of talking to production. She says, how am I going to marry someone and kind of trails off and kind of goes on to say, he worries about my safety and he just leaves. Then she kind of realizes that, you know, maybe I should put my shoes on because I might step on a needle. Why were your shoes ever off? I'm confused. Anyway. 30 minutes later, he does come back and we kind of see her just kind of run over and hug him. She's obviously very relieved to see he came back, but he's also not really about being touched, I think, in this moment. I don't think it has anything to do with her. I think he's just ashamed. Um, his emotions, he said, made him leave. So you did what she usually does. You bolted. You ran away from your situation. Cool. Anyway, he's regretting kind of everything, I guess. She thanks him for coming back. And she told him that... Actually, we find out from him that she apparently told him that she would not be with someone who isn't financially stable. So this is partly why he decided to not tell her anything about the financial struggles he is now facing with the business. And that could have been a motivator into why he invested into crypto. Um, Which is, I mean, I don't think women really think about what we say in the moment when we say it. However, I feel like I've learned a long time ago that, yes, financial stability is important, but it's not a means to an end. And I guarantee she wouldn't leave him now at this point. She's in love with him. She wants to marry him. She's invested a lot of time. A lot of energy into the relationship. She's not going to leave now. But because she has said that before, that's something that is in his mind and he can't get rid of it. I'm not going to fuse as to why he didn't tell her. He basically says to her um, that he will get over the turtle by himself. She says that she wants to help him He says, you know, you are a part of my life, just not my business. And she says that she doesn't want to be a part of his business, but she wants to be his wife. And she makes a very good point here that if there are secrets in a relationship, eventually that's going to be the demise of the relationship. Again. He's very prideful. I think he also is dealing with the trauma of, for whatever reason, his previous relationship ended. And he blames the fact that there was no boundaries between the romantic side of things and the business side of things in their relationship. And these are just mistakes he doesn't want to make again, or, you know, potential mistakes he doesn't want to make again because he doesn't want to lose Holly. He doesn't want to have another failed relationship. But she is saying that she doesn't necessarily want to be part of your business, but she wants to be able to know that you can come to her and tell her things that are going on. Because that's what a husband and a wife would do, or just anyone in a relationship would do. And that's all she's asking for. And I don't think she's incorrect for asking for that him telling her that, you know, the struggle is real right now because this business is not doing well, which means, you know, financially I'm not doing well. That has nothing to do with the business, but it does have to do with how they live, what they can afford, or whatever the case may be. That is a factor into their married life. So he needs to find this common ground where he can keep the business to the business and not involve her in it if he doesn't want that and be able to tell her when things aren't going as well as maybe he expects it to because she is going to be your wife. And then there's the extra layer of she does need to have some sort of comfort in knowing that she's going to be stable financially to whatever degree while living in South Africa. And that doesn't mean he needs to be where he was at before. It doesn't mean he needs to be rich. No one's saying any of those things, but I want to know that there's still something coming in. There has to be this happy medium. I don't know how they do that, but there needs to be a happy medium, otherwise, you're going to the other extreme of things, and that can end your relationship. I don't know. But that's it for Holly and Wayne for this week. So next, Brandon and Mary. So we're again right back where we left off. And he ends up asking production for an inhaler. She has asthma, he says to, to them. So a medic comes over to her and helping her. I don't even know if they actually gave her an inhaler. I'm assuming they did. And, you know, the medic is kind of telling her to breathe, you know, take deep breaths, get your breathing back under control. And we do see her starting to calm down. He says that he feels bad. He thinks that maybe he could have approached this situation a little more gently. Maybe, but I don't know if she would have responded well in any situation, no matter how he he put it. Because I think Mary knows deep down that her behavior is abhorrent. I think she knows that it's not, it, it's, it's something that maybe a normal person wouldn't put up with. And I think she wants to be able to stop. I really truly think she wants to be able to stop and trust him. But her her brain, how she's wired she's not able to. And I think that frustrates her. He says he was okay with this kind of controlling behavior um, that was going on while he was in the States, but now he's there and he doesn't want to put up with it. And then it kind of gets a little dark with what he says. So trigger warning. I will also put this in the timestamp, um, so you can pass this, um, so you'll know when to bypass this altogether, so I will, I will do that, but this is a trigger warning for suicide, suicide, well, suicide attempt, and maybe ideation, so just, blanket trigger warning on, on, on this conversation that Brandon kind of gets into. So it's starting now. He says when he met her, he was in a very low place and he did try to take his own life. He starts crying and this was, this hurt me watching him be so raw on those emotions. It was very hard to watch um, but he says when she messaged him, he says that it was the literal definition of a life changer. So read into that as you will, I think it's pretty evident what he's trying to say here. Um, He says that the lack of trust, it's so hard because it brings him back to a feeling of not being good enough. And at this point, he is just really trying to hold it together and not have a mental breakdown. But you can kind of see he's at the brink of that. And he does say that it's really tough and he's trying to hold on. And it was so hard to see this young kid because he's, he's a baby at the end of the day. He's, both of them are. He's They're both 23 years old. He's a baby. And to kind of see him just be in that moment and him kind of explaining like, he didn't have anybody you know he kind of explains that i think what maybe pushed him into this attempt was his girlfriend cheated and they had been together for a long time and then you have his mother who's using a father who doesn't seem to be very reliable and good father And then he felt like he just wasn't good enough for himself either. So then this is where it could have led. And it's just so heartbreaking to see in this moment that he really is trying and Mary's not making that easy for him, which is why then I get into these two should not be together. There is more trauma here than we knew originally with what he has just said. And it's just I want to just say to them it's okay to get the, the help, the the support that you need in order to be mentally okay. And I do not say they need to break up, but I do think they need to take time a way in order to focus on themselves, to be their best selves for themselves and for each other. And I know like there's discussion out there of, well, she lives in rural Philippines. You can't get like the therapy. She has an internet connection. Maybe it's not a stable one or a reliable one, but clearly it's reliable enough for her to be on the phone with Brandon for twenty four seven before he moved there. I mean, I'm, and then again, there's also resources within. Usually, usually there is. I'm not sure how a, how the setup is here, but there's always some sort of resource in in the church as well. If she wants to go that route, um, that can help with. All the traumas that she's dealing with. And the same goes for him. But that's the end of the trigger warning. Um for that conversation that doesn't come back up again. Um, so that's it. And a trigger warning. So she's crying and says that it's just hard to stop. She says that she's trying to, but she just can't. And she's afraid that he will leave her because of it. I mean, this whole thing is completely out of her control at this point. I don't think if she was maybe a little more mentally stable, I guess. I don't think she would be doing what she's doing with him. But that's just my thought. But um, he does come back to talk, and he says that he's sorry. And he asks, like, if there's anything that she wants to say. And she does say that she's sorry. However, he tells her to not be sorry. And it is in the moment he says that that's not what he wanted to hear. He needs like her to trust him, and he does have some doubts. So in the next scene, it's the next day. They're going for a walk to um, her high school. And she says that she does feel better today. And she says that they are definitely okay, because she's okay but she hopes that he understands it's hard to trust him. And she tells him like she's afraid of him leaving and kind of what she's already kind of reiterated many times at this point. Um, and she says, just give me time. But the problem is that She's not going to be able to do the work on her own. She needs the support of a professional to guide her in getting to a place where she can be happy just for herself. And that will exude everywhere else in her life. She's not going to be able to do this on her own. She is dealing with legitimate issues things that have impacted her very young life so she says that she loves him and he does get very emotional with what she's saying she says a lot more than this but the brunt of it is like she's just like she loves him and he's important to her and all of that and he says that this really does mean a lot to him so we'll see how it goes, but that is the end of Mary and Brandon for this week. Do you want to spice up your love life? Well, you can make that happen by going to Love Shop, where you can get sorts of different things, whether it's for both you and your partner, or just for yourself. For solo play, you can get things, all types of vibrators, maybe more kinky type toys, or you can just buy what every person may need, like lingerie or protection, or even just something to make it a little more fun, like games or novelty things you can do all of this by going to love shop and you can use our unique coupon code realityt2 to get 10% on anything your heart's desire so that's love loveshop.ca l o v e s h o p.ca and use our unique coupon code reality Two. That's R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A and the number two. Now we're with the new couple alerts. We have Sarper and he's 43. He lives in Istanbul, Turkey, and Stanika, or I think I said that, I think in the other people uh, Shakina, I think it's Shakina, anyway, she's 41 years old, and she lives in LA. So she tells us that as a side hustle, she is a, of like a, she co-hosts events or something, and she makes this just fucking great comment of, she has to kind of bring attractive people to these events cool. Anyway, she says that she loves to shock people with how she was brought up. Apparently, she was raised Amish and she grew up in Tennessee. She says that her parents weren't raised Amish, but they loved the lifestyle so much because other people in their life were Amish. So they went to the Amish lifestyle and I said, okay, Anyway, she would be pretty rebellious, and she would color her nails with marker. She would wear makeup, and obviously none of this was okay in the Amish lifestyle. And she says that she wore her parents down to the point where they eventually just left the Amish. And I said, shit, okay. So she then tells us that she owns her own business, She's an esthetician. She has been licensed for 20 years. Because I was shocked. Because I actually didn't know her age initially when I first watched the episode. When she said 20 years, I said, how oh, fuck, fuck old are you? And then when I found out the second time watching the episode that she's 41, I'm like, oh my god. I mean, that's plastic surgery. But she looks incredible anyway. Just, I was shocked. Anyway, <laughs> she... We see her meeting up with her friends, and Sarper is brought up. So, this is where we learn a little more about him. So, she tells us that she had a series of toxic relationships, and then she met Sarper. She says that Sarper is a model and a personal trainer. She thinks he's gorgeous, and I said, teach their own. Okay. She said that, you know, some couples, you know, they had them at hello. No, they fucking didn't. This isn't Jared McGuire. <laughs> but anyway, she says that he had her at highlighter. So this is a makeup thing. Like, I don't actually wear makeup. <laughs> um,. But yeah, he apparently wore highlighter on the bridge of his nose or something on a date. Anyway, she thought that he, him wearing makeup was so cute. And I said, okay. Again, to each their own. She was so happy with the days. She couldn't get him off her mind that she ended up going back to Turkey and spent a week with him. And this is where she tells us that their sex life is out of this world and cool. She says her connection is very strong with him, and that is why she's going to be moving to Turkey. We find out here, because her friends ask the question, how long have you guys known each other? Five months, she tells us. This is exactly what Ms. Robovich did. Knew the man for five months and then got married to him, and look how that's going. Anyway, her daughter will be going to a little thing called boarding school, so that's why she's going to take the advantage of going to Turkey. Her friend Shauna says that all the guys that she has been with, he's not really trying to change her or anything. Well, Hold on. Wendy has something to say about that. She says, I don't know about that. And apparently, he told her she has to weigh a certain weight. So I believe the weight is 128 pounds. She has to change her makeup, he tells her. And she also has to change the color of her hair. Who the fuck is this guy? She says that he, you know, she got a personal trainer there in LA and she wanted to gain muscle, but he doesn't really like that kind of look. He wants her to be lean. And I said, yeah, <laughs> forget it. <laughs> I'm not even going to say what I'm going to say, but like, you're not exactly the greatest looking guy that I've seen ever, especially on the show. So, um, yeah, go, go fuck yourself. Um, she says here that, you know, past relationships has really taught her some valuable lessons. And I said, yeah, you're not applying them clearly because you're willing to settle for this fucking turd of a man who's telling you how much you should weigh, how your makeup should look, how hair color you should have he's disgusting. She says that if she doesn't take this risk, she will never find something like this again. And I said, it's probably for the better. If you, you know, if you just didn't find something like that again, because he's not a fucking prize by the sounds of things. Anyway, in the next scene, we see this dude, his name is Dan. It's really Dan. (laughs) And He wants to talk to her alone. This was so sad to watch in a different way. He tells her they have been so close, I guess, whatever. But he says he really still does love her. A pardon? He thinks that they should be together. And I said, This is when you tell her, which is in another relationship. Pretty fucking sad. Anyway, she says that he is so perfect. She does not in the moment. He's a perfect catch. Clearly, for someone else. Because she fucking friend zones him in this moment. She says that they apparently did try to date, but it just didn't feel right. And I'll tell you why it didn't feel right. Because he's not a bad boy enough for her. She needs, that's her kink. She needs this bad boy thing. Someone who's going to, like, whip her around. And Dan does not seem like he's the type. And I think that's the problem. That's her problem. I think, personally, he's probably dodging a bullet. He he doesn't necessarily hope that the relationship ends. Sure you don't, but he says that, you know, he hopes that her, you know, he, she opens her eyes and she says like, I can't do that. Like she's clearly invested in Sorper, So she's never going to be able to have her eyes open because her eyes are tunnel visioned on him. Anyway, she then says she loves Dan. And I said, that's You can't tell this man that he's like in love with you. (laughs) Anyway, he says that, you know, he'll always be there for her. This was so sad and pathetic to watch. But anyways, that's it for our new couple, Sarper and Shanika, Shanika, whatever. whatever. Next, we're with Miserable Bitch and Johan, Lisette, and sandra are gone that's so sad bring them back please anyway she's sad about it but they're going to be going to a fertility clinic today they're going to the same doctor that we saw back in love in paradise her first season of love in paradise she tells the doctor that she's been working on balancing her hormones naturally but clearly nothing has worked. And I said, when you're in your fucking forties and you are now outside of the prime of having children, that's just the reality of things. Um balancing out your hormones naturally ain't gonna do shit. And this is coming for a person who deals with hormonal issues. You know, I have a full disclosure I have PCOS. And with PCOS, for me anyways, I have hormonal imbalances. It's not easy, (laughs) but I feel like it's not going to make a difference when you're just past that point of childbearing years. But anyway, they end up now discussing like the process of picking out an egg donor. Apparently, they would pick out a donor who kind of closely matches how like she looks and then johan dum dumb, dumb johan asks the doctor you know well since so she's going to be carrying the egg would the baby get any of her traits no no they wouldn't because the genetics are in the egg and the sperm this is not her egg <laughs> so how could that happen like the blood her blood would have gone through this this child but genetically biologically it's not her child I, and i thought like yeah, this man doesn't even know the basics of how things work and just forget the fertility aspect of things he doesn't know the basics of anything. And I feel like, should you be having a child if you don't even know? I mean, maybe that's just me thinking from, you know, maybe a more privileged aspect of things. But I feel like that's also just common sense. But I don't know. I was shocked by his question. Anyway, he then says that it bothers him that this baby won't be her. Like it won't have her her eyes or you know her nose. But he doesn't want the baby to have her temperament. She then says, like the dumb dumb she fucking is, says that she wants the donor to be a Harvard educated person. And I said, the the chances of you finding someone who's Harvard educated, even in the fucking States, who's an egg donor is not going to be that fucking easy. So how in the world do you think you're going to get that in fucking Dominican Republic? She has high expectations, she says. And yet here you are, no longer a teacher, you're bankrupt, you're running away from your debt, but you have like, high expectations. Oh fuck yourself! Anyway, she says that she could care less about how the donor looks. Okay, that's fine. I, I'm, I'm I'm nothing to say there. Um, She then says, like, when would I be inseminated? You're not being inseminated. That's the wrong term. As he says, it's an egg transfer. Anyway, he says obviously, like, not obviously, but he says here that, you know, with the process um, of, you know, fertilizing the eggs, they could potentially have about six to eight embryos. He tells them that they could start the process in as quickly as 15 days. Not bad. Not bad at all. He then says, you know, if you were to start today, the chances of success would be 65 to 70%. However, he suggests that it be done quickly because the longer she waits, the more her chances will dwindle. He then says that the process will cost $11,500. A thousand of that would be going to the donor. I think that's fucking amazing. But of course, she says that they don't have it. And she says that she, that they would have to figure out how to pay for it. In other words, she would have to find out how to pay for it. Any way for her to get a dick. Anyway. She says that they have fundamental differences and they're going to have to obviously work through that. So in the next scene, they're back in the car, I guess they're going home, and he feels excited about the prospect of him becoming a father soon. She's nervous. She says that they need to be on the same page with things. And then English, and I said, he doesn't fucking know what you're saying, which is why you said it in and fucking English. But she says, you know, if we were on the same page, it doesn't, sorry, if we are not on the same page, it doesn't matter how much money they have. And I said, so what the fuck have y'all been doing for, what is it now, a year, year and a half that you guys have been together? what the fuck have you been doing besides fucking? This is when you have conversations about how you're going to raise this child. But I guess I'm asking too much, I guess, I don't know. She tells him, you know, I think you really do want to be a father to play. He smiles at this, but then, she just brings it all down. And she says, like, you want to be all, you don't do all the good things. He says, yes. And she says, but there are difficult things to do. And he asks, like, what? And I said, okay, come on, you aunt. It's not all sunshine and roses with a kid. She says, like, he's understanding, like, what a child needs are going to be. She says, like you know what a child needs to like stay alive but he doesn't know what is needed to have a child thrive okay this is what she's saying I think in I, I think she's saying that in her in the moment that again she could be saying it to Johan nothing stops this woman and he, she goes on to say you have no responsibilities as an uncle and he says like you know he has had to take care of his nephews um anyway she doesn't think like what they expect or anything like that whatever is aligning which is important And and I do understand yes that's important but that's why you have the conversations before you go off and have a kid then in this moment, he drives over a pothole and just shakes her world up. And I said, that was fucking great. Do it again. She was so irritated and I loved every minute of it. Um, she then asks, what time is, does children go to bed in your house? He says at 9 p.m. And she says, no, I, I've been in your home. I would never seen a child go to bed that early. She says a baby at his house wouldn't go to bed until like 10, 11 or twelve at night, and I said, "Okay, but they're they're babies. As long as they are sleeping, you." I mean, I know there are people out there who try to put their children on schedules, and maybe for some it succeeds, but everybody, every baby is different. And I just, as long as I don't have to work the next day or anything like that, obviously you want to be, if you're on that leave, let the child, I'm not going to, this is what I'll say, I'm not going to stress myself over putting my child on a schedule. Eventually they will get there but we were talking about fucking babies here. They control you, not the other way around. Anyway, she says a schedule is necessary. For who? For you? Because she makes it about the baby, but I don't fucking buy it. And he says, you don't like how my family raises kids? and she says, no, I didn't say that, you didn't have to, he finds that this is offensive to him, he says, you know, just because we may raise kids differently here, doesn't mean our way is bad, when 100%, he's alive, ain't he? these other children are alive, aren't they, and happy, and thriving, problem is that this woman's act with she's a fucking professional. You have one child who you clearly don't have much of a great relationship with, according to what I've heard. And you didn't make a lot of great choices with, according to what I've heard. You're not a fucking professional. Their mistakes are made and you'll learn from them. But every child is different. Anyway. She says that, you know, the baby... has basic needs. And she... she says, like, you know, they... need... to... have spirituality. Do you think your fucking kids at a certain point care about spirituality or religion or any of those things not when they're a fucking baby anyway they need education sports blah blah, blah. he knows all of this and she then kind of just says like i'm frustrated um that they're not getting each other She like how can they have a child they're not on the same page, blah, blah, blah. And obviously, they need to figure this out. And again, I say, you could have figured this out before you married him. I don't know, that's just me. I really have nothing more to say on these two dum-dums, but yeah, that's it for miserable bitch and Johan. So next time on we see that Brandon says that he doesn't think they're going to be able to have enough to pay for the bills next month. And he says, you know, maybe asking for help. Spoiler alert. She's not thrilled. Zorper says that he's potentially been with 2,500 women. Ew. That's fucking disgusting. If, I mean... That has to be an exaggeration to some extent, but I'm sure it's up there in number. Anyway, he says he's a playboy, and he says, you know, to keep her in his life, he has to leave that lifestyle behind. They have more of Julio's shit, saying that he, you know, can't give her an answer after three months, and she's pressuring him, blah, 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 and he starts laughing at her, and she's frustrated, and I'm just like... I in the words of wanna Sykes and Monster Law, I am sick, sick, sick of your shit. And when I'm not sick, I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of Julio. This fucking guy. Anyway. And then we have more of this other fucking guy, Yash's shit. And we see T.J.'s is just pissed. And she kind of walks away and says that she doesn't want to live in a toxic environment and I don't blame her. But that is it for The Other Way for this week. So if you like what you heard, please follow Reality Tea Times 2 on any of your favorite podcast apps so that you don't miss a single episode. Please make sure you also share the podcast with everyone in your life. You can also rate and review us on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you are an avid YouTube user, you can listen to us on YouTube at RealityTE Times 2. If you want to connect with us, you can do so by following us on either Facebook, Instagram, or threads at RealityTE Times 2. You can also email us at T Times 2.0 at hotmail.com. We have a website where you can listen to all of these episodes as well as get links to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages. And that is at realityttimes2.aludu.com. All of that information will be in our show notes. Well, that's it for now, guys. Thanks. Bye. you ever thought of starting your very own podcast? Doing the research, I found something that would have made editing easy and seamless and makes the podcasting experience just that much easier. And I am talking about Ludo. This is a podcast software that I use for editing of our episodes it is amazing it is easy you're also able to get help from chat, doing chats and getting the information that maybe you just need a little more help with they also have access to different articles that can also help you that have been just God sense for me also with Aludo, you can create clips, you can do your ads, just like this very one I'm doing right now, and you can create your trailer very seamlessly just by the clicks of the buttons. You can also use Aludo to publish your episodes just straight from the software. It's so easy. I highly, highly recommend it. You can get access to Aludu by using our unique link, which you can find on our show notes, just down there at the bottom at the show notes, and you can get access to an easy software